guys, welcome to Rankin Vile, the podcast where we attempt to rank every single horror movie ever. And on this episode, we are joined by a comic author slash artist, Katie Schenkel, who writes uh, an amazing series called Moonlighters. How's it going, Katie? Oh, good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you so and much for... this is Quincy because, again, we're a professional <laughs> podcast and we have never in our... Hey, did you know this is like episode 21? Oh, I guess this is episode 21. So anyway, <laughs> oh God, we have no I... idea what we're doing, and part of that is not knowing our intro. But we got Katie Shankle on the show, so thanks for coming, Katie. Hey! I, I'm really excited to be here yeah. for your 21st, apparently your 21st episode. Right, our, our Yeah, if podcasts, podcasts were years, our, our podcast would be able to <laughs> legal to drink, yeah. I was going to make that joke, but I figured one of you would, so... I'll let you oh no! It. Yeah, I, I think I think all three of us were thinking like alcohol, right? So yeah. that's absolutely. So um, so a question we uh, j- uh, t- tend to like to ask us uh, is what is your background in horror? Um, if there be so such my, a thing. yeah. So my background in horror is um, thin. I'll say thin. Uh, I was awesome. I was always a. I've never r- really liked super scary movies. Um, I. Like, I still had, as a kid, like, the Ghostbusters, like, scary moments, like, freaked me out in a way that, like, turned me away from, like, most horror movies. I am mm-hmm. not a big fan of gore in general. Uh, I am, I have high anxiety. I hate jump scares, which takes out oh, yeah. the large majority of horror movies for me. And then there's also, there are also, of course, the various you know, problematic ways that, like, that horror movies can be frustrating, et cetera, et cetera. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, I, there are certainly ones that intrigue me. There are ones that I can kind of get past, you know, the gore or the murders or whatever's going on in them or just the scary jump elements if I think it's really mm-hmm. smart or funny or interesting. Uh, and then there are lots of them that I know I will never be able to watch, but I totally think that their concept's interesting, and I like the metaphors that go on for it. So I can ap- oh, yeah. I can appreciate the genre while also not being able to tolerate a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, I, I think a thing um, my partner likes to do is to read the Wikipedia article for horror movies. Yeah, that helps a um, lot. And then so it's like, oh, that's a that's yeah. a twist. Okay. Right, like, oh, I see what they're doing there with the metaphor, and that, yeah, I mean, like, you don't have to watch the horrible thing play out on screen, but you can, like, kind of get what the whole thing is about, and I think that's kind of nice. Oh, to be fair, like, it's totally, I think it's a good thing to say, like, horror is not very good. It's like, I'm a rational adult, and this shameful, bizarre film genre is not enjoyable mm-hmm. uh because you know if there's anything i've learned in 21 episodes <laughs> of the show is every week barring maybe this well. one, one other i ask myself why are we doing this like these are <laughs> these are not good movies i was reading our entire list uh which by the way listeners if you want to take a look at the list um we'll give you links at the end of the show uh but we're at like 78 movies there's probably 10 that I would say are like must watch movies if that like it's not right a good list at all <laughs> in any rational sort of way I mean look I it's not a genre but you know I'm in comics and goodness knows goodness knows you have to like dig through some real oh yeah some real turds to get to like to get to some, there's just so many um, in terms of like a medium that has like just a lot of garbage yes. ideas in it, and then but then in between there are like brilliant things, and I feel like again in terms of genre, horror can also have that element. Um, but again, I I find a lot of it really fascinating when it's done well. It's done it's done really well, and of course there's there are always the so bad it's good and i can appreciate that as as a fan of both msc3k and rift tracks i can appreciate uh, that element to it and then the ones that i really can't handle usually like i watch youtube videos like um i'm a really i'm a big fan of the cinema snob Mm -hmm. so uh and he does a lot of different horror movies that where he half analyzes them but mostly just yells about them so yeah and and i think with like comics and horror and even like pro wrestling 
um, I always kind of apply Sturgeon's Law, which um, Theodore Sturgeon, the guy that did The Dreaming Jewels, which is amazing, uh, he once said, like, 90% of sci-fi is crap, but 90% of anything is crap. <laughs> like, yeah. I think about that a lot, where yeah. it's like, yeah. Especially when you... <laughs> Especially when you have the internet and, like, you can find anything now. Oh, yeah. Of course you're going to find, like, all of the crap. Or, like, I mean, but that's the thing. Even when I was, like, when I was a little kid, the the horror uh, aisle of the blockbuster used to freak me out. Because oh, yeah. all of the, like, all the creepy VHS covers... And, like, they were all, like, skeletons or, like, like as much gore as they could put on a cover of a VHS. Like, that always creeped me. Like, it always felt like it was a haunted aisle or something. Yeah, and, and, I, and, it, and I love how relatable that is for, like, people around our age who grew up with sort of the <laughs> local video shack. Yeah. Like, uh, the, the other day I was at a gas station and um, the lady at the front counter, like, I was wearing uh, a shirt with um, a design on it and Pinhead from Hellraiser. And, um... She like looked down at my shirt and was like, "Oh my god!" Like the 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 VHS box with that guy on it scared the shit out of me as a kid. So I love that like even yeah. like rando gas station clerk is like, "Oh my god!" The video section. Yeah. So Katie, you're writing a werewolf comic right now. <laughs> is comics in the middle of a werewolf comic book renaissance? It kind of is. I mean, I'm not gonna say I started it, <laughs> even though. I mean. Even though it does seem like all these werewolf projects are coming after, after my mm, book started. Pretty suspicious. Uh, I think that there is, um, I think that there's a lot to be said for werewolves that haven't been explored, especially um, by uh, female creators and queer creators. Um, because you know werewolves can be really angry they're obviously there can be sexy werewolves but they can but they tend to be a little more visceral mm -hmm. and and more animalistic than than your typical vampire of course but again like these are all made up <laughs> these are oh, all sure. made up creatures and you can decide what that they can be whatever you want which is why uh, some of my werewolves uh, transform with sparkles. Excellent. So, because I'm writing, I'm writing a book uh, that's an all ages werewolf book, and we decided and this was actually uh, my artist Cal Moray, who is brilliant. Um, I'm super excited for for the upcoming issues because they just knocked it out of the park. But they were the ones that decided to, to put sparkles just make the transformations a little more interesting I'm like yeah let's go for it we'll have sparkly we'll have sparkly werewolves in our comic absolutely um but yeah in terms of in terms of where werewolves are going i just think that they're a monster that doesn't get explored as much especially in terms of uh female werewolves which was one of the reasons why i wanted so many female characters in my book mm -hmm. um and yeah, I think that I think that they're kind of fun, and and there are lots of ways to go about it. You can do the ones where they don't have control of their powers. You can do ones where they're more. It's more of a a normal part of their lives. You can do ones where where they're frustrated by it. I I think that there's a lot to be said for the mythos behind werewolves. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll. I besides from my own work, which by the way, everybody should go buy my book Moonlighters. It's out on Comicsology and Amazon right now. Um, but you can podcast <laughs> unless you're driving, um, um, please don't. Yeah, I'm sure. Which I'm which I'm not. It would be very hard to record a podcast and and drive at the same but time. But if you need if you need if you need uh, to die on the road, do it supporting indie werewolf comics. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I want to also shout out uh, my friend uh, Kel McDonald. Uh, it has a werewolf anthology that she's doing on Kickstarter right now. Uh, it's eight days to go. It hasn't been funded yet, but it's getting really close. It's called Can I Pet Your Werewolf? Uh, at least it's eight. Awesome. Yeah, I know. Isn't it great? And and someone, I think, asked her, like, why is it okay to pet werewolves? And it's like, it's can I, not I will pet your werewolf. It's all about consent because yeah. the, the, the werewolf gets to decide whether or not it gets, a, it gets petted. Uh, but it's a very, it's a, if you like cute werewolf stories, it is full of just really cute werewolf stories. I'm, I'm really excited about it, but, uh, yeah, as of us recording, it has a little more than a week to go, and I would love 
to see this uh, get funded. So and listen, Johnny, come that's my shout out for uh, Kel. This will drop probably <laughs> Monday or Tuesday, so it's got even less time. So hurry the f up and back this project yeah. now. I did realize as I was like eight days ago, I was like, "Oh crap! I forgot. It's not magically gonna. <laughs> there is. It's not gonna magically like appear on the internet as soon as we're done hey, recording this." Um, but yeah, so I mean, it certainly it certainly could. We could record a thing and, and badger people into buying it. <laughs> yeah, you should. Yep. That's definitely something we should yep. do. Um, but yeah, it's I I really like where I like I've learned in the last like few years to really like appreciate werewolves as an under an underappreciated monster in the modern day. I'm, I'm looking forward to to not just my comic, but other comics and other mediums kind of digging into to what make werewolves tick. So, Absolutely. And, and also because I feel like, um, especially with werewolf uh, movies, one of which we're going to be talking about, which is like one of the only werewolf movies I've really liked a whole lot. Um, I, I feel like frequently it just becomes, um, I feel like if you've seen one werewolf movie, you've kind of seen them all. And uh, the fact that you're doing a comic that actually has a different take on werewolves, immediately when Quincy was like telling me about uh, Moonlighters, it was like, I need to read that immediately because it's something about werewolves that doesn't make me want to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it's, it's interesting because there is a lot of tropes that get put into werewolf movies, which by the way, again, I'm not... I'm not a huge horror connoisseur, mm -hmm. so a lot of the tropes I know just through, like, pop culture osmosis, right. uh, which is how I know about a lot of horror movies, to be honest. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, there are a lot of where, like, they get cursed, and then they're, they try to fix the curse, but they can't, and, like, oh, God, what have I done? Mm -hmm. um, which, we, which we will kind of see in the movie, in the movie that we picked <laughs> uh, for this coming up. Which, God bless um, you for watching it, by the way. You know what? It wasn't too. We'll get into like we'll get into um, my anxiety, my horror anxieties when we get to that. But uh, but what I what I liked about um, about doing Moonlighters, what I liked about it, uh, which a lot of the pitch was because I was I was asked the pitch by Space Goat, and so a lot of the concept of the book was already was already kind of set up before I got in, and in terms of the the basic plot. Mm -hmm. But I could be fairly open. They kind of wanted to just see where my ideas went. They really liked my ideas. But I did like the idea, especially because uh, I went into this, they wanted a cast full of people of color, and they wanted especially like women of color mm -hmm. to be a, a main factor. And something um, that uh, a friend of mine who was an old uh, Comics Alliance uh, writer, uh, whose Twitter name is Stitchomancy, She's written pretty extensively about the werewolf trope in terms of how uh, people of color are portrayed. Mm -hmm. The short of it is not great. Not, not great, Bob. Uh, so, not great. Uh, in ter like, uh, werewolves of color tend to be treated like they. It's just really not great stereotypes and tropes. Um, same thing with uh, queer werewolves when they do show up in in um, genre mm -hmm. books and horror books. Uh, and in urban, like urban, La Laurel K. Hamilton has um, particular problems. With yeah, that. yeah, that's not great. Um, and so it was something that I had in my mind because I'm like, well, if I'm gonna write this, uh, especially as a white writer, uh, I wanted to make sure that it wasn't about um, it wasn't about them suffering because they happen to be people of color who are werewolves. Mm -hmm. Like um, one of the characters in my book, Renee is one that struggles the most uh, with being a werewolf, but I wanted to make it clear, by by having her not be the only woman of color in the book, it at least s stops the optics being that she is suffering because she is the, the only woman of color in the right. book. Uh, so it's way more like, no, 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 it's definitely just because she's a werewolf that she's struggling with this, not because of any other part of her identity. Um, so that was like that was a big part of it, but also I just didn't want all the characters to suffer all the time. A lot of my book is about friendship and about them fight and about her kind of finding a new life among these like very nice werewolves that just happened to also go to the same college as her, and she didn't realize it until until she became a werewolf herself. Nice. Uh, 
And yeah, I mean, a lot of it is just is just kind of also the silly optics of they. I don't know if I actually mentioned the the actual plot, but these are werewolves that go to college and they have because they're college students, they have to make money. So they do odd jobs in their community for the different monsters and magical people in their area. So a lot of it is just werewolves like doing lawn, like in the second issue, they do a lot of lawn care for one of the the gnome couples that live near them. Or uh, they end up tutoring a Medusa in issue three, which is coming oh, out. Nice. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of like them having getting into a lot of trouble but really mundane trouble for for monsters awesome and there's something magical about making an all-ages comic because like i don't know katie what do you think it is that all-ages comics tend to make people turn their noses up and say like oh to be a good i don't know i just get the vibe when i walk into a comic book shop that like the all-ages comics are shoved in the corner and it's just kind of like yeah whatever and it's like what you really need is this new Deadpool gore or whatever. <laughs> right. That's that's not a good example, but you know, like. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when I lived, I lived in Indianapolis um, until a couple of years ago, and there's a store there called Downtown Comics, uh, and the the one the location near me, and I think it's like this for their other ones. They always put the kids' comics right at the front of the store, and I thought that was so smart oh, yeah. because, like, they don't want the kids walking past, like, all of the, like, tits and ass books. They don't want, like, or the scary books. Like, they don't want to make it harder for kids to find the books they yeah, want, don't let the, right? Yeah, don't let the kids talk to Rob Liefeld, you know? <laughs> yeah, Please. exactly. We like, don't and, away from their uncle and also... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But and also just like those were also a lot of the books that I that I happened to also want to buy, so I didn't. I also didn't have to walk past all of it, even though like to get to some of the other books that I wanted, I had to walk past the annoying ones. But yeah, I mean, for me, there's so many really good all ages like kid friendly books out there. They're some of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also to plug something that's not coming out for about a year or so. Uh, I also have a. Um, a kids graphic novel coming out from from uh, Knopf uh, publishing uh, with Chad Sell and then a bunch of other people. We basically all came together and wrote this book. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I love kids book. I love kids comics. Uh, I like being able to write comics for kids to be able to read. That's that are fun and hopefully smart. Yeah. Uh, and and stuff that that they can kind of connect to that is also for them, like that they feel like they can enjoy without it being, you know, gross because some comics are actually gross <laughs> yeah. for kids. Well, it, 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 it uh, makes me think of my friend, uh, Anna, Anna Rogers, who she's, you know, an artist and she's into creating, um, into creating stuff. And we, we were talking about how we really appreciated stuff when we were kids that, was compassionate and for kids but also was horror like Clive Barker writes kids books um and even like Roald Dahl I think wrote some low-key horror books for children oh and some of his I mean some of his stuff was pretty creepy and then the witches taught let's I mean I'm kind of sad that I didn't pick the witches (laughs) for one of mine because I just realized like oh right that was terrifying even now this that would have been a good one to pick. I'm fine with the Let's ones. Let's talk picked, about by the way. how in the witches <laughs> but, that boy gets turned into a mouse, and the end of that movie, like the third act, they basically he's resigned himself that he's going to be a mouse forever, and then oh by the way, uh-huh. the last ten minute, minutes you get to be a person again. Like that movie basically says, look kids, if you get turned into a mouse, you're fucked. You're gonna be a mouse. <laughs> I think in the, uh, I, yeah, because I read the actual book, he doesn't turn back into, I think his grandmother's like, well, I'm going to be dead in a few years, so actually we'll probably die at the same time. It'll probably work out okay. I'm not kidding. <laughs> that was like the end of the book. Wow. I think actually maybe the kid figured out that math, but like, oh, well, that's okay then. Then like we'll both have a happy, short little life. And I'm like, okay, Roll, that's, that's an interesting way to to do it definitely um, a thing to tell kids nice sure. well, well done you hold 
Yeah, and I, I, I mean, like, the Twits by Roald Dahl featured a bit where they're like, you know, I think these hor- two horrible adults are going to try to eat the neighborhood children, so they're going to, like, trap them in a tree by spreading the thing with super glue so that when the kids climb into it, they get stuck. <laughs> and, like, you know, you're a kid reading this. And, like, Anna, like, Anna pointed out, like, you know, we scare because we care, I think. Like, like yeah. I, I would love to at some point, like, maybe write... Uh, horror series for children because I think like certain horror media I mean like horror for children is first of all yeah that's definitely a genre um but I don't know like there there, I feel like there's like childhood is already terrifying and I think sometimes having media that also reflects that but also isn't gross and is actually for kids I think that can be such a healthy thing for kids yeah, I was not that kid as a kid. No, <laughs> right. that's not true. Because, like, obviously, like, I, like I said, I read The Witches. I read, like, I, I saw, like, creepy stuff. Uh, but, yeah, I, and I feel like there are ways also, you don't have to necessarily just do, like, horror movies or horror books for kids. There's certainly ways to add, like, horror elements to things that aren't strictly in the horror genre. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could talk about, like, Animorphs. Four days oh, yeah. and how like that was a very that was a very scarring oh, yeah. again series you get of... turned into an animal and you're screwed you're going to be an animal yeah I, I actually the first the first website i ever had was actually an animorphs uh, fan page on geocities i feel like there was a lot of i mean it that was really my genre fix mm-hmm. as a kid because I didn't get into comics until way later, until, like, into my adult, when I was actually reading, like, graphic novels and getting into monthly series. But in terms of, like, genre and stuff, yeah, Animorphs was my jam, like, straight yeah. up. Um, and then, yeah, I, and then in terms of, uh, to bring it back to Moonlighters, right. there are, it's, I'm, I'm excited to see some things going forward. I think in issue two, there were a few obviously the 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 first issue starts actually with a little prelude where you find out uh what happened to renee and it's a little mm-hmm. spooky and there's some chilling stuff in issue two in terms of her um uh how she transforms and and a few other uh not so great details about her new situation and let's just say that that thread uh, keeps going uh, throughout the throughout the arc, so there are well, not every it's not a pure horror book. There are some kind of creepy, scary elements uh, coming up too that I think people are going to enjoy. And it's still, but it's still well within the range of like of kid friendly material, which was something that I really wanted to that I really wanted to keep, even when I was exploring some yeah. of that stuff. So last night I was watching Ginger Snaps. And it was like a perfect night because there was a thunderstorm where I live and I had all the lights out and like I heard like the rumbling and the rain and like was watching Ginger Snaps. And um, I'm watching these sisters interact with each other and I'm like, I wonder to myself, like, is that what having siblings is actually like? Because I was an only kid, so I have no context except for stuff like movies, but like, the way Ginger Snaps depicts sisterhood, kind of wish I had some siblings. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had a brother. I don't know if this is what what sisters were lo- are like. Um, my <laughs> brother and I weren't like this. But you, you, you weren't helping each other enact grisly death to blows. That's so weird. Oh, and I mean, like when we turned into werewolves, it was just a completely different <laughs> exactly. situation. Uh, but yeah, it was funny because, but that being said, there, as a teenage girl who was not into goth, I was not a goth at all, but as, as someone who was once a teenage girl and who, and who knows a little bit about teenage girls, there was something, there was something fairly authentic and actually quite innocent about the beginning of this movie because it's, it's kind of cute. It's, oh, it's almost cute how... How they talk about these like big as as dark as it is like as dark as what they're doing is, and maybe it's just because like we we now have the internet and we live on it, and so like none of this is hor like none of these things are horrifying that that teenagers do this like I know what Reddit's like <laughs> I know what the, I know what I know what they used to on like 
Like, this is nothing, this is, this seemed very tame compared to some of, like, to some of the ridiculous stuff that teenagers <laughs> right. do now. Um, but, it, yeah, it almost feels relatively innocent. Like, these girls are just obsessed with death. Um, honestly, I was a little worried about, because I, I saw this movie originally in, um, like, on TV. I think I saw, like, for some reason, I saw the third movie, they showed the third movie first and then the second and the first I don't know why they did this but it was just I think it was on like TNT or something so but I remember there clearly being gore I didn't remember like I was I couldn't really tell how much of it was cut out for television (laughs) so I was like so I was like I was bracing myself for a bad and honestly it wasn't too bad for me However, I did find myself getting queasy when Ginger was, like, putting the knife to her, like, wrist at the beginning of the movie, just, like, testing it out. That, I was like, oh, okay. I was thinking, what are you doing? Why? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like, oh, God, okay, um, that's not, that's triggering some, uh, some stuff in my brain that I don't really need. And then she put it down, I was like, okay, we're good. She put the damn knife down. Another country heard from. Uh, uh, so, Ginger Snaps is a really good movie. I like this movie a whole lot. I, I love this movie so much. It's pretty. I mean, it's pretty damn solid. Um, it's. I feel like, again, we we were talking earlier that there aren't that many werewolf movies that actually mm-hmm. center around female werewolves, and I feel like the majority of the rest of them are mm-hmm. really gross in how they, because. They think, oh, female monster, it's right. gotta be sexy. And in this one, it, except for a few moments here and there, it largely stays away from that. It 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 pretty strongly avoids it because these are teenagers. These are like yeah. actual teenage girls. And feel, yeah, and I feel like Walton working on the screenplay has a big part to do with that because um, I, th- I feel like a lot of other yeah, that makes sense. Because, yeah, Ginger does become, like, the hot girl and, you know, starts... There, There's a little bit of, um... There's a little bit of, uh... I, I think this movie was after The Craft. Oh, yeah, Because there's... I mean, there's a part where, where she walks down the school with confidence in her, like, cool, sexy clothes... And, like, it, it is just that yeah. scene from the craft where that exact scene happens. Oh, yeah, where Feruza Balk is, like, striding down the, the hallway. And, 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 and the thing is, um, what, I, what, I, what I like about that with Ginger Snaps is that when um, Catherine Isabel is going through the, like, quote, sexy thing with being a werewolf, it's not really because she's a kid. So it's, like, a ghoulish impersonation of what an adult sexy lady looks like. And right, because she's wearing those awful two thousands tacky like they weren't tacky, Quincy. They were no, yeah, absolutely. Um, and and I think the movie is aware of that because I think like puberty is a weird, conflicted, gross, you know, experience for pretty much. Everyone. Oh yeah, yeah. Puberty I would... is body horror. Yeah. Oh yeah. It this movie doesn't shy away from showing period blood, and mm-hmm. I was like, I put that as a, like, impressed, I am impressed by this movie. This is a positive. Oh, yeah. Because, again, if if you're trying to sell this as, like, a sexy teenage girl werewolf movie, you wouldn't, you wouldn't include the period blood. So I was like, oh, good, this is, like, and, and the fact is, is that it's equating, and this is a... It's a little tricky because, like, it is very easy to equate, like, oh, yeah, period and menstruation and, like, and puberty with werewolves, mm-hmm. which it does, but it also doesn't in, like, but also, no, this is a really gross experience and girls don't like, like, the mom in this movie who is almost a parody, like, it leans oh, yeah. in the parody with yes. her because she's, like, She's she gives the do- her, ginger a cake when she finds out that she's now a woman. It's like no, you don't do no no one does that. Oh, Katie, least, um, my <laughs> wife's mom the, literally bought her no. a cheesecake when she got her. Period. Oh my god! What Wait, is but happening? like, was it was it was it here? Have this because you're going through something tough, or was it? Family, come round the cheesecake because those are two different things. Was this a was this a, 
Was this a celebratory cheesecake? Or was this a, <laughs> I'm so sorry, feel free to eat this delicious dessert? Because the, le- the second one I get, the first one is where I would be concerned. Oh my god. One of the things I really liked about this movie is that, uh, and it's something that we will see in another movie that, uh, that I picked, which I did not even mean to do, so I feel I'm patting myself on the back for accidentally connecting these two, is that this is a movie where there are messed up things going on in a woman's body, like supernaturally messed up things, and when they go to someone to try to get help, they go, oh, you're okay. Mm-hmm. This is all normal. That thing, I I know your body feels like you, there are warning signs and red flags, but don't worry, everything's gonna be fine. Right, and it's a betrayal it's by the medical a, establishment. Yeah, and just the fact that like, yeah, teenage girls don't know what they're talking about. Everything's normal. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, it's. I mean, arguably, it's worse than the next movie we're gonna see, which we'll talk yeah. about. Oh, yeah. But but in this one, it is just like it's just because girls can't be trusted um, to like understand what's wrong with them. <laughs> is this movie hurt by the two thousand stink on it? That jelly bracelet, field hockey, two thousand. It's the future stink. I mean, arguably, any movie with teenagers in it is gonna be is gonna end up looking dated because they're gonna try to connect which isn't necessarily a bad thing like going back to comics like the the recent Batgirl where she goes to where she goes to like her own side of town and she's very like hip she gets her new costume that's probably gonna seem dated in like 15 years but that's because it was trying really specifically to like look like young people as authentically as possible so i can give it a little credit because like it's not trying to it's not trying to look to be a generic teenager it's supposed to look just as those teenagers looked exactly as is or the fact that they didn't have enough money they had money to get exactly the trends of the time i'm i might be giving this movie too much credit but and I, I think there's something almost quaint about about the way that teenagers are dressed in any one of these kind of movies. Oh, yeah. It it does kind of remind me a little bit of um, honestly the faculty probably too because I feel like the faculty was around that same time and it feels like the same the same kind of clothing and stuff. Um, I did like the fact that the, the they did a pretty good job of the way that the girls are dressed at the beginning and and connecting back to what we said before the girls are never really they're not sexualized too i, I hate to say too much because that's a bad qualifier yeah saying these children weren't sexualized too much is always like jesus christ I, I did find out, though, I think Emily Perkins was way, oh, like, she was in her 20s. Uh, she plays Brigitte. I, I, tr- I think I looked up the age. I think Catherine Isabel might have still been a teenager. But but Emily Perkins, who looks who de- definitely looks like she's 15, was apparently, like, much older at that mm-hmm. point. But, but the point is that, that's the thing, they cast the, these characters who look like actual children, right. to look like teenagers. And even when Ginger gets to be her, like, most sexified when she's, like, trying to seduce the pot dealer mm-hmm. uh, towards the end, uh, even then, like, like they barely open her shirt. Like, there's a little sliver of skin. And it's still, like, and you're still not supposed to feel okay about it. But they're also, they do a good job of not, like, of having the the framing of that scene not be and now you need to be enticed by this teenage girl you're supposed to feel very unnerved by the entire scene and i think that really works because the the emotional beats are what's really getting hit like the when i watch this movie i get like it's sisterhood it's that awkward feeling of drifting apart when you grow older it's you know the pubescent body horror and not you know look at these teenage girl bodies isn't this hot yeah well yeah well and the thing is like i mean they they are they are children in this and i i think for example riverdale does this thing 
Um, Dawson's Creek did it. Uh, yeah. We're, we're making our way through Pretty Little Liars right now, my, my partner and I. And uh, it's... Which is hilarious because I realized that domesticity is trading off watching um, Japanese uh, pro wrestling and Pretty Little Liars. <laughs> um, the thing is that both of those things fucking rule, so I, I think it works out well. But Pretty Little Liars does this thing where, like, the main ship of the show is um, a high school sophomore and her fucking 22-year-old English teacher. Oh, and, and And the thing yeah. is, like, the show, it's so good about, like, on, like large, it's largely good about predatory um, male authority figures, except it's got this complete fucking blind spot for, like, the main ship of the show. And yeah. I, I realize that it's, like, they, they find these actors, generally for teen dramas, who in real life are, like, in their mid-20s at the earliest, and on Riverdale, you get away with having, like, K.J. Appa as Archie having sex with Miss Grundy. Um, and it's, it's like, contextualizes being sexy and, and, like, titillating when really... I realize that if you took these shows and you replaced the actors with actual 15-year-old actors, it would look as fucked up as it actually is and nobody would get on board with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like... That's the thing. With Riverdale... I don't think I could have stomached it if they hadn't, like, shoved off that whole yeah. plot line. I feel like they yeah. realized, like, oh, right, this is This is gross. child abuse. And they kind of yeah. just, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, and it is frustrating because, like, they got an actor to play Archie specifically so that, like, so that he looks like a CW actor. Oh, yeah. And while I can appreciate that it now makes sense that Betty and Veronica would both like fight over him now like there's actually a reason i was thinking about this today actually like oh right that's why they did that oh yeah so that it actually so that that entire decades long storyline actually makes sense right and and and, and betty forgets about Uh, archie pretty quickly i think yeah oh we could oh we could totally go on by the way about how uh veronica and betty are the best the best thing about that show but um getting back to Getting back to our story about our weird murder story about teenagers. Um, the other thing I really liked too, there was a little thing in this. Um, I was actually, one of the only complaints I have about this movie is that none of the asshole teenage boys in this movie die. Right. And I, when I first saw them, I was like, oh, they're all going to get murdered. Mm-hmm. Like, I know the tropes. They have to because they're all like, they're watching the girls at gym. Like, they're just sitting on the bench, and the, for some reason, the teacher is letting them, like, hoot and holler at them and wolf whistle, conveniently yeah. enough. Um, and, but, anyway, so I was really, yeah, I know. Uh, nice one. <laughs> uh, but I was really, <laughs> when I get to, ma- when I get, I get to pat myself on the back when I make good No, I, listen, you, you, you get a good wolf. And as a writer of a wolf this is this is my God-given right. But, yeah, yeah. This is part of my contract with Space Goat. <laughs> exactly. I get to do this every time. Um, so, but, yeah. So, I, first of all, I was I was totally mad when I realized, like, that the asshole kid that goes after Ginger uh, was not actually murdered by her, but just, like, started, like, becoming a weird version of what she is. Uh, kind of. They they definitely did not give him a, nearly as good makeup. They kind of like, yeah, we can, we can kind of give him the yeah. cheap, the the more the cheaper one. <laughs> right? Yeah, but like, the, like two hours. It's the, we spent all our money on that yeah. werewolf that got run over by the van, and that's all we've got. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yes, yes, that was a great scene. Oh, yeah. Uh, but but um, the part. The other part of that scene that I really thought was telling, um, and again, it, it shows that like there were female filmmakers part of this, is that the reason why they start like the guy starts eyeing Ginger as a as a perspective like girl to to sleep with, is because she was sticking her chest out and they're like, oh yeah, she's stacked. And by the way, like um no, she still looks like she's like she's fifteen years old. Yep. She is you like what the the minds of these teenage boys and where and the way that they act is so ridiculous but the but it got me kind of mad because like what you find out later the reason why she's arching her back is because it's hurting because she's starting her period because she's having her first period it's like and it's oh yeah so like women are in pain and then the boys equate that 
too sexy. Right, even her pain is already being sexualized. That they're like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's so, it's so smart that they did that. It was so, it was such a, like, little thing. Um, and it really sets up everything that goes on later because obviously they, you know, they see her new energy and they think that she's so, like, that she's so, you know, intriguing and sexy. And what's really going on is, like, her, like, personality dying and, like, mm-hmm. it taking over and her losing all sense of identity. Yeah. So when I look at our list, uh, the first thing that jumps out as, like, a, a similar movie is Jennifer's body. But I feel like... Mm-hmm. I was thinking this... Yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing. And at least in that movie, they did, like, they did... All the asshole yeah. boys did die, right? But I feel like oh, yeah. even right. though the the boys don't get their offense, uh, uh, Ginger Snaps is way better than Jennifer's body. Oh, way way better. I think so. Yeah. So the question then is: Is Ginger Snaps better than Candyman? You guys are gonna have to tell me that because I don't, I don't, I never saw that movie. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like generally I, I fall under the role of uh, uh, standing for for Candyman. Um, that's actually, but the thing is, that's a really good question because I feel like they're both speaking on such completely different topics, but they're both speaking on them really, really well. But honestly, between the two of them, I feel like um, so Candyman is talking about. Um, racism and like life post-slavery and like living you know living in the slum in chicago and it's you know sort of talking about what happens when a white academic tries muddling in this and then completely fucks it up and suffers the consequences and then ginger snaps is about you know so many other things where it's like puberty and, and sisterhood and growing up and sexuality and i think between the two of them ginger snaps has a clearer idea of what it's trying yes, to say yes and i think that it is a more if we're talking about what a teenager rents from the blockbuster on a Friday night in, you know, 2003. Mm -hmm. This movie is way more essential for a 16-year-old to watch than Candyman. Well, Candyman, I think, is great when you're... um, Candyman is great when you're a kid, uh, I think, at, at the very least because it's so... The imagery is so iconic and it burns itself into your brain and it's a great sort of childhood boogeyman to have. Especially because the repetition of any any name when you're a kid, I think, is inherently creepy. Um, but between the two of those, I feel like Ginger Snaps, um, it encapsulates it. It encapsulates like the time period in the mid two thousands also perfectly. Like I can immediately picture tiny pimple faced squeaky voiced me during this period. Yeah. yeah, and I also had a miserable time in gym class and a miserable time making friends and didn't understand why. Sure. You know, I wasn't blooming the same way as my other friends and all that. It's just like, it's so Mm -hmm. good. I feel like if it's better than Candyman, it's definitely better than Darling. Oh, it's way better than Darling. So the next... I don't know why we put Darling so high on the list. We done goofed. That's something that's going to haunt our days. Uh, So listen, (laughs) the next real contender, I think, is Event Horizon. See, now I feel like I would have to put Event Horizon slightly above it purely because A, Sam Neill losing his shit, a lot of points, and B, I think it... Although, actually, no, wait, I'm full of shit. I think Ginger Snaps is better because it's doing something new in a genre that needed it where Event Horizon was, Quincy, as you said, the best Warhammer 40k movie ever made. I'm gonna, I mean, I know none of these, most of the movies you just described, I'm just like, okay, yeah, I'll let you guys decide. I'm gonna say, the my this is me going to bat for the movie just in general, what, what I think, the reason why I think it should be at least fairly high up is the fact that it's one of those few werewolf movies, or like, not even werewolves, but just horror movies, that lets the female characters be pissed off, and also... And also avoids them being, like, strictly the love interests, having the most important... Like you said, the most important relationship in the movie is also... is between the sisters. And I'm also gonna say, because I really like this, even though she just kind of disappears from the movie, there's a great scene with the mom where she gets a lot more depth. Mm -hmm. And she basically goes like, oh yeah, I just... I found out that you guys murdered your... your classmate, which is a, like... 
Which is still, like, such a strange scene, the way they get away with it, where they're staging, they're staging their own stuff. Anyway, but I really like the fact that they gave the mom a little more depth and actually thought about it mm-hmm. and had her, had her kind of step up. So between the two, the relationship between the sisters and then between Bridget and, and her mom, I, I don't know. I just think that there's a lot of really good stuff that was going on at a time when a lot of horror movies weren't yeah, doing so that. Then yeah, how well, does... and, and especially, especially in, uh, <laughs> especially in the early 2000s, I think there was that like post scream sort of thing where like, um, scream had really, really cool shit for the women in it to do. And they had autonomy and they had, and then I, th- I feel like there was a deluge of like scream knockoffs that completely missed any of that and took the point. Yeah. Know, yeah. Where it's like, Oh, well, yeah, we'll take, you wanted like women to be stabbed, right? No, that's not what we were. For, for fuck, that's not what like, we for liked fuck, about for fuck's it. Sake of all the bits of scream you could have taken, you took the stabbing. Like, yeah, the, the most. <laughs> what? That's the most original part, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if we're talking about badass women, uh, how does Ginger Snaps stack up to audition? <sighs> oh hell, no. Ah, uh, I. I feel like between the two of them, I would say audition, but also Friday Night Test. I would rather watch Ginger Snaps than watch um, Takashi Miike making me uncomfortable. And again, I feel like Takashi Miike is a good director, but he ain't woke. (laughs) I only only know the vaguest thing about audition, and like, I... Have I mentioned that I'm very oh, afraid of yeah, needles? Oh terrifying. yeah, so so like, definitely don't watch audition. So I know, and I know enough about mm-hmm. it to know that I'm I, never gonna watch well, that. You go. Endorse I, your decision. <laughs> don't because yes. The thing is, Takashi Miike isn't like Takashi Miike isn't woke or unwoke. He's almost like chaotic neutral in the Paul Verhoeven mold, where he's just like this shit. I think just doesn't occur to him. And if he makes a thing that happens to be woke or not woke, it's almost. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the cold, uncaring space of just I'm gonna make this. Uh, mm-hmm. It's so, but between the two of those, ginger snaps or audition? Um, Friday night test, ginger snaps with a pizza. Yeah, and yeah. A two liter although, of cheerwine. although, right, with a tombstone shaped pizza. And and the thing is. Uh, the Friday Night Test isn't like a hard and fast. This movie is absolutely better than this movie test because, by that definition, like Return of the Living Dead is better than Alien. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm, I want to give the edge to Audition because I, although, you know what though, Ginger Snaps took a chance that not a lot of movies have taken. And there are lots of Takashi Miike movies I like. There aren't a lot of werewolf movies I like, and Ginger Snaps is pretty much one of the only ones. Yeah. Okay, well, underneath Audition is Rocky Horror Picture Show. Are we comfortable okay. with putting Ginger Snaps above Rocky Horror? I don't know. Katie, what do you think? I kind of... I'm okay with putting it above Rocky Horror just because Rocky Horror doesn't... I mean, I know it's... I know it's good, and I know it's a cold classic, but it's also not really, like, scary. Right. Whereas, like, whereas Ginger Snaps got pretty, got pretty free. And Rocky Horror is a a riff on classic horror movies and sci-fi, and, like, hey, remember the good time in the movie theater, and Ginger Snaps is more of, (laughs) let's dig really deep into that teenage pain and angst. Yep. Yeah. And also, and honestly, like Catherine Isabel, I think is an unsung fucking horror hero, because she's been in so much horror media, and I don't feel like she gets um, enough recognition for doing amazing things in the horror genre. Like, I it it made me it almost made me um, scream when I was talking to um, a co- like an acquaintance at work about uh, Catherine Isabel, and I mentioned her name, and he was like. Oh, she was uh, in Freddy vs. Jason, right? She gets killed in the first twenty minutes, and it's like, that's not the only horror no. movie. She was in Hannibal. She was in American Mary. Oh, like man. the one you remember is her yeah. getting killed by Freddy Krueger. For God's sake! So can we yeah. make reparations and put especially this movie here, like then? <laughs> yes, yes, I think so. I mean, I'm okay with it, but I'm also I'm also not particularly pro audition just by my own phobias. Yep. So that's fair. 
I'm heavily biased. See, this is why, like, like the, de- the Descent, I can't watch more than maybe once a year because I'm incredibly claustrophobic. And it's a movie about, um, it's an all-female cast, and they're all in a, uh, in a ca- they're going caving, and they get stuck in things, and it's, can't deal with it. It's, it's too much. I'm also just, I'm also just afraid of, like, danger in general. So, like, most, <laughs> most horror movies. Right. Also, what is it? There's one. There's one Simpsons episode that is a that is a spoof on Hamlet, and it has uh, Wiggum as Polonius going. I hide behind curtains because I have a fear of getting stabbed. <laughs> yes. I think about that line a oh lot. Oh my god! Now, now because especially when watching. Now you've put that evil on me. I'm I'm gonna be thinking about that a lot. <laughs> like. Like, yeah, needles, anything stabbing me. Mm-hmm. Like, this is why I can't do slasher movies. I just, it, it just That's freaks fair. me out too much. Mm-hmm. So listen, I'm going to say Ginger Snaps is not as good as Phantasm, because Phantasm is such a bonkers, cuckoo bananas movie that it's on, like, another plane of existence. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think Ginger Snaps should be number 17 between Phantasm and Audition. Oh yeah, I'm okay. Oh, that's good. I'm okay with that. Like I said, I I will def- I will default to your to your expertise because you've seen all of these movies. And I've only seen a few. Yeah. Well, I, I well I I mean yeah, I will... yeah, kind of, we've kind of seen them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, some of them on the list, I think we made it about half an hour in, tell... and then we're praying for death, and we're like, fine, have it done. Put it somewhere on the list, and we'll we'll move on. No, like, one of us has seen all of these movies. It's just not always the same person. <laughs> exactly. Got it. Right. Got it. I mean, I will say I got I saw I Frankenstein in the theater, so oh, I feel like... Oh, bless your Why? Oh, wow. I did it for my, I did it for my oh, YouTube no. series, because we reviewed it. It was just... It was straight-up Frankenstein... I, I... Fa- it was Frankenstein the novel fan fiction... It was what happens next fan fiction. Yes. And they were like, what if there were also gargoyles in this universe? And I was like, this is amazingly <laughs> terrible. But it was amazing because it, it's just like, I. We, yeah. Nothing, nothing, nothing was out of canon from the, it was, it had the exact same canon as the book, but then they just added on like their own ideas. But everything that happened in the book actually happened in the movie. I was, I was like, that's kind of brilliant. Too bad this movie is really boring. That's a really good point. Like they, they set up their bona fides from from Jump Street, where they're like, all right, let's give the plot of the book Frankenstein. So anyway, yeah, gargoyles, so anyway, gargoyles and they're also angels. Just, just go yeah. with it. Also, kind yeah. of demons. Basically, it's the Disney's gargoyles plot. It's the gargoyles are on the top no. of buildings to protect humans, and that's what these guys are doing. But they're. N- oh no! This is some super. Hu- this is some super Hulak shit where they got gargoyles, Frankenstein, and like Constantine. <laughs> oh, oh man! No. And Bill Nighy oh, no. and those little whistling sticks. Oh, yeah. the wampum sticks! Yeah, man. Man, that's been a. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie. Anyway, so... <laughs> so, right. uh, we are really... We're basically out of time, which okay. breaks my heart, because I yeah. wanted to talk to you about Rosemary's Baby so badly. Yeah, me too. Um, will you come back mm-hmm. in the future and talk to us about other movies, Katie? I absolutely will, and I'm so sorry that I made this go on for so long. I tend to I tend to do really long podcasts, and I thought that we'd be, I thought I could keep it tight, but no, do oh, not no. apologize. Like I'm, I'm so glad that we got to like dig into Ginger Snaps because this movie, I feel like nobody ever talks about this movie enough. So I I, I hope that we've in some way helped redress yes. that. Yeah, but no, I absolutely want to come back um, and talk about uh, at least yeah at least Rosemary's Baby. I know we had other ones. So, yeah. Katie, tell our listeners where they can find you and your work online. Oh, so many places. Uh, I, I tweet vor- voraciously at, uh, at Just Plain Tweets, uh, so that's usually where you can find me uh, for random stuff. Uh, I also have a website, katieshankel.com. Uh, my 
my YouTube my YouTube uh, channel is uh, just plain something, uh, and I occasionally do uh, movie reviews there. I have a Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/JustPlainSomething, and then uh, Moonlighters is available digital first right now uh, from uh, on Amazon and Comixology. And uh, recently announced, uh, it's actually going to be part of Halloween Fest, Halloween Comic yes. Fest. Please tell our listeners yeah. about Halloween Comic I Fest will... because I read about it tonight, and I'm so excited. And we need to get more listeners into comics on this podcast. Well, well, that's the thing. Now, when you said like, "Can you come back?" I'm like, "Well, I have more stuff to promote because I definitely still have." <laughs> Halloween comic fest to come that's coming up. Um, so if you've ever done a free comic book day, it's run by actually the same people, but it's a similar setup except instead of people coming in and picking out uh, free comic books, they come out and are given free comic books while basically dressed up. So it's it's done uh, the Saturday before Halloween, and then uh, and people come in in costumes and they get a uh, spooky spooky comics for free uh and moonlighters number one was one of the was one of the comics picked so you can get it uh you can get the first printed version of it before the full volume comes out and listen from experience right um if you have a kid like i do free comic book day and things like that are the best way to get your three and four year olds comic books because all of my son's comics are these free ones and he loves them but he also you know can sleep in the bed with them because my son insists on sleeping with books and like that's adorable know. that's super <laughs> cute <laughs> but um, yeah like he sleeps with his free heard. comic book day comics and i don't oh spaz gosh. out because i didn't spend five dollars on it i got them yeah. for free also so, please tell me you've taken extensive photos of him now <laughs> also um He's, he's going to want those later. Also, if you are one of those people who wants to, like, hand out something fun for Halloween besides candy, uh, they do offer, I think, I think they're, like, 25 packs for, like, five bucks of each of the different series. So if you want to get Moonlighters, you can talk to your local comic shop and see if they'll order the the packet. It's it, They're all pretty cheap, and then you can hand them out for Halloween and give some kids some some kid-friendly Halloween comics. Listen, team, Halloween is only, like, three months away. Get on those costumes. Uh, get on that horror movie list. Who says you have to just wait till October to celebrate <laughs> our most holy of holidays, uh, Halloween? <laughs> so, shout out to Sarah Pyle, our listener. She sent us an email yeah. and said, Hey, will you talk about Ginger Snaps? And uh, we did it, Sarah. Hooray! And... We promise yeah, we we'll Yay. talk about more movies you asked us to talk about, too. If you are listening to this podcast and you want us to talk about your favorite horror movie, or if you're a filmmaker and you've made a horror movie you want us to talk about, shoot us an email. We're, uh, we can be reached at rankandvilecast at gmail.com. We also have a fairly active Twitter uh, we got a lot of retweets today. We're, we're blowing up on our numbers. That's at Rankin Vilecast on Twitter. We have a Tumblr, Rankin Vile. Uh, Ryan, did we nail Rankin Vile or is it just Rankin Vilecast on Tumblr? Oh, it's just, uh, it's just a rankinvile.tumblr.com, so we got that uh, piece of yeah. real estate. Uh, we also have an Instagram, at uh, Rankin Vile. We landed that one. Um, our listener Dustin has been really awesome. He's updating a Letterboxd list with all of the movies we've talked about. The cool thing about Letterboxd is it's plugged in to go watch it now, so you get direct links to every place that these movies are streaming online with that. So shout out to him for doing all that work for us. Um, what's other news, Ryan? Uh, I think that's. Uh, I think it's about. Uh, just oh, about if it. you haven't heard that new horror album, United States of Horror, it's on um, SoundCloud. Listen to that shit; it's real good. Um, other than that, Katie, thank you for coming. Um, when we hang up yeah, from this call, so we'll start planning your uh, follow-up appearance. I am really looking forward to it because I have so many notes about Rosemary's Baby. And I can't, yes. wait, oh I can't wait to share them. I was also excited because I think 
wasn't it one of you who hadn't seen it before? Oh, I haven't seen it before, so, like, all of your notes, I'm actually gonna make notes about that, and we'll just pretend like I've only watched it the one time uh, when you come back on the show. Oh, that's totally fine. I was just super excited when I realized that, because they think you had mentioned, like, I didn't realize it was gonna be so surreal, and I was like, yes! Yay, I can't... Uh, oh, buddy. Yeah. Oh, yes. But yeah, I'm super, I'm super uh, thrilled, and I'd love to be back, so... Yep. Have a great week, y'all. Bye. Thanks, guys.